This is Cup of Go for January 30th, 2023. Keep up to date with the most important happenings in the Go community in just 15 minutes per week. I'm Jonathan Hall. And I'm Shai Nechmad. So let's jump right into it. Uh, 1.20 RC3 was released in January 12th, uh, which is old news by uh, Cup of Go standards, uh, but we didn't mention it on the last episode because it was the first episode and we were extremely excited. Um, <laughs> so this was pushed and released this is something you can download by the way also available on uh, docker hub so um, it already got uh, you know everything you need uh, sneak already p- published a vulnerability report um, and it includes honestly everything you need um, to get up and running with it so if you want to start playing around with you know the 120 features uh, you can go uh, and and download it as a docker or whatever Mm-hmm. Um, and do play around with it and post issues because if you will find issues that will make a 120 better so if you are working on a hobby project or if you're allowed at work you know to use uh, edge releases uh, i think you should definitely and it also includes very interesting features which we discussed in our last episode yeah there's a there's a of course every new release has a lot of features that would be more than one episode's worth of discussion so we kind of break it up and try to talk about that a little bit at a time um, it is a release candidate, which means in, it's possible that this will be the final version if no critical bugs are, are found. Um, and the final version should be coming out just about any day now. The, the official timeline is February, which starts in a day or two. So um, we don't know exactly, but it'll be soon. I'm betting on uh, February 7th, uh, uh-huh. just because it's going to be the day of, uh, of an interesting conference I'm going to. And then it'll give people something to talk about. Um, so, so all the people who are bored during the conference can be downloading the latest version of Go. Yeah, exactly, and they could <laughs> like uh, recompile their things and and work through the errors. Right. <laughs> well, on the topic of changes in Go one twenty, there are a couple notable uh, changes with regard to uh, OS support. Um, actually, the only the only real change in Go one twenty is that they're adding experimental support for FreeBSD on Risk V architectures. I, I don't, I've never heard of that, actually. I mean, I know what FreeBSD is. Um, I didn't know that there was a RISC-V version of FreeBSD, but apparently there is, and now Go experimentally works on it. Yeah, it's, you know, another open standard instruction set, so it. I think it would be useful in places where you wouldn't expect, like mm-hmm. um, places where you can't afford, um, you know, commercial uh, instruction sets or in educational spaces. Um and sometimes, you know, these sources, even though they're not the enterprisey ones, they bring out the best new innovations, and they also help, you know, sort of introduce underrepresented uh, developers in the community. Yeah. And all of this uh, support in the ecosystem is just helping bring more people in and more hardware in, even if it's cheaper and even if it's open. Um, yeah. There are changes to the OS support, which I'm happy to see, which is the dropping or at least marking old uh, OS systems, OS systems. That's some RAS uh, syndrome uh, thing going on, (laughs) redundant acronym syndrome syndrome. Uh, So it it is going to be the last version to support uh, Windows 7, uh, which if you're still running in 2023, good, God bless you. Yeah, right. (laughs) And your your firewall is strong. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Windows 8, uh, which I don't know if if someone was running even when it was coming out. Uh, server 2008 and server 2012. So I think the server uh, mentions here are the ones worth focusing on. 
And on the same note, uh, this is this will be the last release of Go to support Mac OS 10.13 or 10.14. So you still have six months if you use one of these operating systems. You still have six months until Go 121 comes out, which is the one that will actually drop these. Go 120 still supports these, to be clear. It's just the last one that will. Uh, and then you have roughly one year past that before 120 will be end of life at the time that 122 comes out. So if you actually use one of these OSs, and actually I have a client who does use some of these OSs with Go, um, and, and they've been asking me about how what, what's their mitigation strategy for this because they're supporting clients where they can't uh, force an upgrade. Um, so you have, a, you have 18 months, uh, basically, before you stop getting security updates for these operating systems. So if it's Windows 7, so you have... Um... 17 months for the startup, right, until the OS boots, and then you have a month to develop, <laughs> and you, you're not allowed to restart again. <laughs> I'm just hating. I'm just hating. I'm sorry. All you Windows 7 fans out there, uh, we, we, we appreciate your, your hard work on uh, still maintaining these uh, dusty servers. Yes. Um, so these are the upcoming uh, releases. Um, if uh, you find any bugs in the 120 release date, then you might uh, skew my bet on February 7th. Mm -hmm. But that's my bet. I'm saying it here, February 7th. Uh, this, I'm going to uh, say the 14th. Let's go for Valentine's Day. Ooh, releasing on Valentine's Day. That's a bad move. Because right? you want to stay focused on my like, wife getting wants the flowers. Me at dinner, not, not on my laptop, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Any other major releases, CVs, or any other major news in the community? Well, you know, the, the one thing that I saw, uh, a new proposal was accepted. Um, we don't know when this will come out uh, because of the way proposals work. They get accepted, and then someone has to actually implement it, and then it will be included. So potentially this could be included in Go 1.21, or it might be a later version. But uh, we're going to start optionally including uh, the full file paths in test failures, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, if you, To be clear, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you run Go test and a test fails, you get the, the name of the test, but it doesn't tell you what file that test was in. And, and this has often bothered me, uh, especially on large projects where you might have hundreds of paths with different tests in them. And maybe some of your tests have the same name. So then you grab for that test name and you you know look for test foo and you have 16 copies of it. Uh, this will now pinpoint exactly which file failed. But it's optional because it has to maintain backward compatibility and a lot of the tools won't work with that. So something to, to look forward to and then enable in your IDE or your test runner when it is there. So I think this is a great proposal. I also gave it a thumbs up. Uh, and right now, uh, if you're listening, it's labeled as proposal accepted and help wanted. So if you want to you know, try your best at helping this proposal get merged, this is a really got a good opportunity in my opinion to do some open source uh, development. I don't think this is too hard of a feature when I think about it, there are probably a ton of edge cases. This is just hubris. Um, but I could do it in 30 minutes with my eyes closed. Yeah, if I, if I didn't have to record back. this podcast, I would already, you know, <laughs> it, it was already merged. Um, but in, in all seriousness, I think it's it, it, may, it might not be a good first issue if you've never done open source before. But if you have some experience with Go, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could at least yeah. uh, give a hand, which is pretty cool. Uh, and pretty much on the same topic, this is not a standard library thing, but at least for my project since, I don't know, forever, this has been part of the standard tool chain. Uh, go test some, um, which is a tool 
that is used to format test output because the go test output normally is not super great. Uh, had a, a new release two weeks ago with some interesting contributions. If you don't know what this tool is about, it just replaces a drop-in replacement for go test in your CLI or in your CI pipelines uh, with great options for output. And you know it outputs a JUnit if you want to connect it to some test management systems. And also just the CLI output itself, so much easier to parse. Uh, it has a few different options, which all look pretty good. Um, and they put out a new release, which is great to see, you know, the Project Alive, something that I use almost every day. Um, and some flags that are actually useful. Um, if you use fail fast and you use rerun fails, which is an edge case that happened to me, now it will error. Uh, you know, when you try to put too many labels on your CI and you don't even understand what they're doing anymore. Uh, and it's going to hide empty packages if you don't write tests for a package because sometimes you just don't. It's not going to show it in the output uh, when the format is compact and some just very, very useful, um, you know, quality of life improvements. Uh, and the one that I'm actually most excited about is watch uh, a directory. Uh, so you can run go tests in your, uh, I don't know, VS Code or Terminal, and it watches the directory and reruns the test really quickly. I have to admit, even though this is a Go podcast, the last seven days uh, I've been only doing front-end development, only doing TypeScript and React. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, you haven't been using Go for JS or the, the WebAssembly uh, target from Go? <laughs> no. It's uh, <laughs> a real project that needs, has real deadlines. Uh, oh, real burn. <laughs> um, so, you know, the the whole ecosystem is totally different, but yeah. fast reloading and watching tests and whatever has been something really useful. And using uh, Go test some for that uh, is useful as well. So if you're concerned about using it or not using it, it, it had... A really good release just uh, two weeks ago, 1.9.0. So I think you can be pretty confident in the liveliness of this project. And it's worth uh, shouting out Neffin, which I think is actual Daniel Neffin, uh, who put a lot of this, a lot of the work into, um, you know, this specific release. Awesome. I'll have to check that out. I've seen that in a couple of projects, but never dug into what it really does. Uh, so I'll, I'll have to pay more attention to that going forward. Cool. Uh, any conferences coming up? Yeah, there's a couple notes on conferences. Uh, the, the big one, um, if you're in Europe, especially Central Europe, Central Western Europe, is FOSDEM, which isn't a Go conference. It's it's the free open source uh, developer. I can't remember what it stands for. Um, but they have a Go dev room on Saturday, February 4th, which is just coming up this weekend. So if you are in the Brussels area or want to be, uh, it's free, which is both its curse and its biggest strength. Um, I mean, it, it's it's great because you don't need to pay for a ticket. You don't have to plan ahead. You could decide that morning, I'm going and go. The reason it's a curse is because it's all on a first come, first served basis. If you're in line and there's a room to sit down, you get to sit down. If there's not, you get to wait until somebody leaves the room. So uh, it is a great resource. I was thinking of going, but I have family visiting right now and uh, two young children. So we're not going to be going to Fosden this year, but maybe next year. I've been in the past. Um, but definitely check it out, uh, fosdem.org, uh, for all the details. Uh, this coming uh, weekend, February 4, is the Go Dev Room. And, of course, you can stick around longer. There are lots of other topics there not related to Go. Uh, but we don't talk about those on this show. Yeah. <laughs> because we like to pretend that we're pretentious and we only love Go. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
even though some of us put uh, 10 things we hate about them uh, for all nobody the would ever see, do that airing the dirty laundry you know outside um I've also, heard rumors that some people don't even like generics and go. Oh my god, that's a really hot take that we may or may not hear in the next part of the episode which we <laughs> recorded beforehand and the listener doesn't know, magic of editing. Um, also, there are uh, diversity scholarships for GofferCon EU, which I am really, really happy to see. Uh, can you give some details about that, John? Yeah, so um, GofferCon Europe 2023 is uh, offering diversity scholarships. Uh, which is to help support members in underrepresented groups. Um, so you can apply for a virtual or in-person ticket. So either way uh, works. And, and there's a form, which of course we'll have a link to in the show notes, or you can find it over at gophercon.eu if you dig around enough. Um, you basically fill out this form, then you have the opportunity to, to have a sponsored ticket. The sponsors of this program are GoBridge, Arden Labs, Magic Bell, and Upfest. So big shout out to those organizations to help support diversity uh, in, in the Go community. Yep. And if you're thinking about handing in a, a you know the form, hand it in. What's the worst that yeah. can happen? Right. Uh, all right. So let's talk about some general uh, news. And I think the biggest news item in Go in the last week has been our podcast. <laughs> I mean, everybody's talking about it. It seems that way. Um, so, you know, cynicism aside... Um, we've had a ton of feedback. Uh, for me personally, this uh, last week has been a really, really fun experience. Uh, it's been really invigorating. A lot of people reached out, gave us some feedback. We want to shout out specific people who talked to us. If we mispronounce your names, please forgive us. Um, but people reached out on our new Slack channel, which we have on the Gopher Slack. Uh, draw by hashtag CupOGo with, uh, you know, kebab case with like hyphens. Yes. Um for some discussions or news items if you want us to discuss them um we really really appreciate it um specifically shout out and thanks to steve muchero uh glenn without a last name because we don't know your last name glenn but thanks um akshay shah uh, joe davidson and donia again without a last name who told us about a broken link uh, and also, th this last name I'm going to give to Jonathan, just to not butcher it too much. Oh, I don't know if I can do it right either. Jens uh, Rantil, I think. I hope I said that correctly. Yeah. So thanks uh, for all the feedback. Um, obviously, Bill Kennedy for uh, you know giving us a shout out on the even before the first episode came out, which is a right. it's a vote of confidence if I ever saw one. Um, but I think this has been uh, you know at least from the in amount of feedback I've gotten. Uh, it's been something in the Go community. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely a thing. It's a thing. So thanks, everybody, for the support uh, and the feedback. We really appreciate that. One last thing to mention, or a couple last things to mention, uh, the Go developer survey is still open. Uh, if you, We talked about that last week, so we won't go into detail. But if you haven't filled it out, head over to go.dev slash blog. It should be the top first or second link. Um, fill out the developer survey. It's going through end of next week, I believe. Um, and maybe one last uh, mention, Goland. 2013 early access program is open so if you're uh if you're thinking about using uh goland from JetBrains, uh the the new version early access program is open we'll have a link to that of course in the show notes as well or you can find it over on blog.jetbrains.com the actual link is really long i'm not going to read it to you so just look at the show notes <laughs> um and i think that pretty much covers it for this week's news uh but we implore you to stick around after the break where we have 
a super exciting guest, uh, Miki Tabeka, uh, and we're going to ask him about community management, why he hates generics, and the ugly side of organizing conferences, among other topics. Now, if we had a sponsor, this is the part where we would talk about that sponsor. Wink, wink. Again, every uh, VPN provider or somewhat acceptable mobile game in existence <laughs> that's permeating through every content that I'm ever uh, consuming. But we don't have a sponsor, so we're going to talk about a really cool open source project that we both use, which is called Hugo. I imagine many of you have heard of it. Um, I host both of my websites, jhall.io and boldlygo.tech on Hugo. And my personal blog is also uh, generated using Hugo as well, uh, mrnice.dev. First of all, it's great. It's a really, really good project. That's, uh, it's open source. It's free if you want to use it. And what it does in a nutshell is a static site generator written in Go. So it's super fast, mostly focused on markdown content. So very easy to start writing uh, and has, they went a little overboard with the themes. They have like a thousand themes or whatever. So you can probably find something that's relevant for you if you want to start a blog or if you want to write documentation for your product, app or website uh, and hosted wherever since it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, GitHub pages is probably your uh, safest bet if you just want to get off the ground. Uh, the reason we're mentioning it is because yesterday night I had a really great experience using it. I helped a developer called Shachar Avigezer. Hi, Shachar, if you're listening, uh, get her blog off the ground. And, you know, this is something that's perhaps daunting, especially for new developers or people who haven't been into writing before. Uh, the fast iterations and regeneration that works super, super fast really helps you get into the zone of just writing. All right. So if you want amazing speed, flexibility, and uh, supporting an open source project, go hugo.io. And thank you, Hugo, for uh, for powering our website. All right. And welcome back. And welcome to our esteemed guest, Miki. Miki, it's nice having you. Hello. To anyone who doesn't know uh, Miki at all, um, Miki is a clear leader in the Go Israel community, also in Python, but we don't talk about that here too much. Um, but just to people who never heard about you at all, uh, Miki, who are you? What do you do? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a geek. I've de been developing software for uh, 25 plus years now. Um, started with Python way back and uh, doing both Python and Go now for uh, 12 years, maybe more. Um, currently running my own shop, um, teaching and consulting. And I also involved with the Go community and the Python community in Israel. I help organize conferences, the GoForCon Israel, the PyData Israel, and also the meetups, the PyData Tel Aviv meetup and the Go Israel meetup. All right. So this is a good chance to tell the listeners how you got on the podcast. Um, Miki was kind enough to invite my coworker Nir Barak and I to talk at one of the Go meetups, which... Uh, Miki, you've been arranging together with uh, Guy Brandwine, right? Um, right. For quite a while now, because I remember going to a, a meetup, I don't know, six years ago when I was just a soldier. It, it is, I think the meetup is 10 years old now, something like that. Wow. That's and yeah. I was lucky enough to be accepted to give a, to give a talk. Uh, and 
together with my coworker Nir Barak, we gave our talk, and Miki suggested we even uh, give it in for Go for Khan Israel. It was accepted, and we're really excited. It's coming up real soon. If you're in Israel, uh, February seventh. Um, are, are tickets still available? Yeah, we still have tickets available. They are running fast. Okay. Well, you know, Israelis, they always defer everything to the last minute. So uh, okay. <laughs> I'm guessing this week they're, they're going to... Uh, All right, so buy your tickets fast. Everything. Yeah, the, the the most used keyword in Israeli go bases is defer. No, we'll do it later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit about the, the Go community and, and even in a broader sense, just the, the tech community in Israel. I mean, I, I, uh, I've never visited there i've never been to a meetup there uh what's it like um how vibrant is the tech and the and specifically the go community there in israel so one of the advantages of israel that it's a really small country and i always say that uh if you take uh roughly the center of tel aviv and 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 draw a circle like a five mile radius you'll hit about 90 percent of of the high tech in in the country so it's really easy to come to these meetups uh, so th- there are a lot of meetups in this area. Um, companies are hosting them. Uh, some um, free public uh, places from Google and Microsoft that you can host your meetup, uh, and people come. Um, uh, in the Pi Data one, it's it's a big meetup. It's like I think eight thousand members, uh, about a hundred people coming to each meetup. The Go one. Um, I think we passed a thousand members, and the last meetup was the biggest one yet with sixty something people. Uh, we do them um, in the go ones. We do about every couple of months because it's usually the hardest thing in meetups is to get speakers. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and then, and then again, thank you for shy for um, adding a talk there. Um, and, and I like it. You know, it's 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 fun. You learn new things, and also you know you you meet the people, you meet the community. Uh, personally, for me, because you know I'm teaching a lot, that's that's the way I'm doing marketing. Like I'm there. Uh, people see me. Uh, they know me. So it's good. But uh, it, it's not just you know uh, for selfish reasons. Guy uh, the other the, who started the meetup, um, he runs his own startup, so he just doing it for the community as well. Well, talking about um, you know teaching and learning, obviously you've done quite a lot of software instruction. We had a comment on one of the Slack communities that we're in about the podcast. Um, and this is a good opportunity to say thanks everyone for all the feedback. It's been amazing. Um, one really interesting opinion that we heard from a person called Steve Mushero, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, is that we should move away from uh, Java, Python, JavaScript as the first programming language people learn. Um, and start gravitating toward Go. Um, as he says, as he phrases it, Golang is so much better as it's simple and easy to understand with a simple unified tool chain. Most importantly, enforces and teaches best practices right from the beginning. Now, I'm really interested in hearing your take on this opinion. So th- there is a, uh, a slight difference between languages which are good for teaching and languages which are good for uh, prog- for production and building systems. Uh, because a lot of times languages that are good for production systems, they give you options to do kinds of optimizations and interact with the operating system and the hardware that 
especially for people who are um, beginning to learn programming, it's a lot of noise. It's a lot of things that they um, don't like to think about. Um, I agree that Go is simple and it's really nice, but for example, Python has this interactive prompt. We can just write a line of code and see what it does right away. Go has Go Run, which is almost the same, but um, still it's a little bit different because uh, if you really want to see the value of a, um, a variable, you, you need to start with the debugger, where in Python you just print out the name and, and you see it. So there are some advantages to, to everything. Um, as for best practices, you know, uh, opinions vary. <laughs> uh, give two engineers the same project, they write it in three different ways. So um, I agree that Go is a bit more structured, but if you go over to Java, it's, it's way more structured in, in the way that projects are built and where you put the tests and everything else. So, um, but I think Go is a great new uh, first language. Python is also a good one to start with. Um, don't get me started on Java, uh, <laughs> but um, um, I don't know. I, I don't. I I think Python. It really depends on where you're going uh, with the language. If you want to learn data science, I would say you know start with Python. If you want to write uh, backend services, start with Go. All right. Uh, just to put my uh, two bucks on the table, find the best friend who's willing to be a mentor for the next six months. Whatever their favorite favorite language is, is now your favorite language. When you're getting yes. started, that's the most important part, at least for me. Yeah, yeah and I, I always say that uh, in programming languages, the, the mainstream ones, when you learn them, and Python and Go and Java and C, C++, Ruby, all, all of them are basically the same way of thinking. So you learn a little bit of nuances between the languages, but they're not that different. If you go for, um, let's say, um, Common Lisp, uh, Clojure, and others, that's a whole different way of thinking. So we're, we're talking about how computers think a little bit and how people think when interacting with computers. But you're also a community organizer, which we've, of course, discussed, uh, which is a completely different yeah. skill set, I think. Uh, you know, you're yes. organizing people, finding speakers, as you said, is a challenge for the meetups. And you're, you're not only organizing meetups, but GopherCon Israel. I would like to hear a little bit about some of the, the challenges that you face doing this. And then, and then after that, I want to ask about the joys and what you really enjoy about it. But so let's start with the challenges. All right. So um, uh, in, in my career uh, in companies, I never wanted to manage. It's something I didn't want to do. Um, and then um, I found out that when I have a team of people which I can trust and I can just say, you know, you do that, uh, that that's how it works. So the challenges, uh, when you look at the conference, there, there are, uh, one is the logistics, you know, uh, you know, you need the venue, you need food for the people, you need someone to do the registration. And basically all of that, I'm just paying people to do for me. I don't, I don't do it myself. Uh, so uh, the, there's the venue that takes care of everything. Um, so most of these challenges are, I don't like them. There, there's so much hassle, but uh, they're good. Um, another one which takes uh, for me a, long, a lot of time is working with the sponsors. Uh, the, the event is um, community-based. Um, so sponsorship and tickets are what pays for it. Uh, we are grateful for the sponsors, especially this year. It's been a really rough year. Uh, so I need to make sure that they're, they're, they're happy. Uh, everyone has their own opinion about the contract and, and how the terms are. Uh, so there's a lot of 
back and forth emails, uh, which for me takes most of the time in the conference. But I have a great team, really, um, the GoForCon team and also the PyData one. Really nice set of people, a lot of experience. Um, when you tell them you're responsible of that, that that's, that's basically what you need. Uh, apart from that, they just tell you what they did and it's done. I can say as someone who's been to quite a few meetups, the sponsors have left a really good impression on me. I specifically remember OpenWeb, you know, shout out to OpenWeb who hosted the meetup where I was a speaker. Um, you know, next time I'll think about where to poach Go developers from, uh, <laughs> I'll definitely think about them. Might not have been their exact intent, but, you know, at least they made the shortlist. It, it's also, the, it's, every sponsor has their own uh, agenda when they come to the... Um, to the conference, some of them do branding mostly. Some of them look for employees. That's fine, but you know you need to know why they're coming. You need to try and find out uh, what they're doing. Another big pain point is finding speakers. Um, th- this is hard, and um, we this year, for example, made a little bit more spacing in the talk, so we have less slots, so uh, we have more variety to to pick from. Uh, so I think it was six to one, which is okay ratio. Um, this is a good one. Uh, but getting out there, telling people, look, we have a call for papers, why don't you try, and especially new people who are afraid to speak and telling them we'll help you out, that, that's, that's really uh, something we struggle with. Well, uh, we hope this platform would be somewhat useful if you're listening and you're in the Israel area. Um, just uh, send your call for papers. Um, yes. Worst case, you get rejected and you set it up for next year Mickey gets to know you uh, it's a win-win for yes. everyone other than uh, Mickey's inbox <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'll gladly help you uh, flesh out the talk and give you pointers I, I really like it I like uh, to help people and see uh, new people coming in and, and showing their stuff and what they know it's, it's really interesting and I think for a developer in general what I call the personal brand this is something that is it's important. On the topic of speakers, I'm curious, uh, since you're in Israel, what language your meetup and your, and your conference is in? Because we're speaking English here, and I know that Israel is well known for good English speakers. Yes. But you also speak Hebrew there, and I don't know if there's other dialects or languages yes. you speak. But what, what languages are your, are your uh, talks and, and presentations usually in? So this is up to the speaker. Uh, we tell them whatever you feel comfortable with, uh, go for it. And then um, sometimes people say, because it's we're recording the talks and they go on YouTube and we want more exposure, we're going to do it in English. Um, but if their English is not that good, sometimes it's not the best thing. Uh, a lot of developers on, on the listening side, they prefer Hebrew. That's the native tongue. They understand better. Uh, so, so they prefer. There's a lot of mix, of course. When you speak in Hebrew, you still say the, the English terms like defer and um, uh, etc. But um, I, I know that the listeners, uh, they, they like to hear it in, in, in Hebrew most of the time. Well, we have foreign visitors, so sometimes they prefer English. As well. I was going to ask about the international community there. I, I live in Amsterdam, which is well known as one of the most international cities in the world, I suppose. And although the, nat- the, the native language here is Dutch, I, I speak about six words in Dutch and two of them are beer. Uh, <laughs> So I don't really six more than me. <laughs> so you know the the, the Go meetups here are in English, uh, uh, and most elite, not just Go, but most of the tech uh, meetups are in English, um, because largely to cater to that international community. So I was yes. I wanted to ask about that too. You said you have international visitors. Uh, what's the expat community like there? Do you have people from other countries living there as well? 
Yeah, so so we have people from abroad sometimes for long the long run. Uh, a lot of time, you know, just someone coming from meeting and then they say, hey, let's go for the meetup and, and, and see people around. Uh, if there is a request from the audience saying, look, we have just English speakers and can you speak in English so they'll understand, we'll do that. Um, in, in the conference, we, we marked with a little flag, like this talk is going to be in English, this talk is going to be in Hebrew. So I know we have international, we have the keynote speaker, um, Derek, who wrote uh, Delph. Um, so he, I, I assume he doesn't know Hebrew. I don't know, actually. Uh, so he, he, uh, If he was able to, to write Delve, I'm sure he'll be able to pick up Hebrew in just two hours. <laughs> Such an amazing project. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, we'll do some, some of the main talks in, in English, but uh, after that, he, he can pick. There's enough talks for international ones to, to, to attend as well. So one question we asked uh, each other in the previous and first episode, you know, to get to, to, get to know each other uh, a little better and also our listeners know us a little better, is if you were to, you know, gun to your head, you have to remove a feature from Go. What's, what's going oh. out? Generics. <laughs> oh, my God. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think generics are, are great in a couple of specialized cases, but in, uh, in most of the places when you write code, you don't need it. I agree. Wow. Such a hot take. I'm not sure my, my headphones can take it. <laughs> and from the, from the other side, obviously, you have a lot of experience with Python and whatever. Um, what features would you want to steal from other languages into Go? Uh, what features? Um, I like uh, Python has this something called list comprehension, which allows you to build list or slices uh, in a in a SQL ish syntax, uh, which is really nice. Uh, maybe this one. Oh, shout out to whoever tried to do link in uh, C sharp a few years ago. <laughs> yes, that, I think that was the ultimate form. Honestly, C sharp gets such a bad rap. Features like link or whatever. Uh, each language has its own strength and. On weaknesses. Uh, yeah, definitely. But uh, unfortunately, they're not really related to how they are marketed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's totally different. I wanted to get back to, uh, you were talking about uh, submitting uh, uh, proposals uh, at, uh, for talks and so on. I, I was wondering if you might have any advice for people in Israel or around the world who are interested in getting involved in speaking, whether it's at a meetup or a conference. Uh, what advice can you offer to somebody who, who's never spoken before and they want to get yeah. their foot in the door? So. So one place to start is, is the lightning talks. There's always a lightning talk session. It's fun. People like it. And it's not a big commitment. Five to ten minutes. Speak about something you already know, already did. Um, and, and start with there. Um, and if you want to go to the bigger talks, uh, you need to think about something that um, you're giving value. Right, so the three question is, why me, why this, why now? That's the three question you sh- usually ask yourself about the talk. And then uh, if, you, if you have a good answer, then you have a good start. Uh, find a mentor and mostly practice, especially for uh, people who are starting. Um, practice, practice, practice. Uh, we had uh, in the PyCon, which is the Python convention in Israel, a speaker called David Beasley. He's a world-renowned speaker. He'd done many, many talks. And I talked to him after his talk, which was 
awesome as usual. He said, I practiced it 14 times before uh, I did That's that. dedication. And he's very experienced. So just, you know, uh, even if you don't have anyone, just point the camera at yourself and, and do the talk. Um, you'll find out that every iteration is better. Nice. Good advice. So, uh, Miki, one thing that's uh, interesting, you, you, you mentioned that you have your own shop, um, but we know that you're also involved with uh, Ardan Labs and that you're also giving yes. some content there. Yeah, so, um, so Ardan Labs uh, with Bill Kennedy uh, and uh, the folks there. Um, I, I love Bill. Uh, I learned so much from him. He's an awesome, awesome teacher. I want to be him when I grow old. Uh, so um, I started talking with, with them uh, because one of the things that I'm really bad at as an um, individual um, company is I'm really bad at marketing. <laughs> so I always try to find people who will do the marketing for me. Adelab has a good exposure, a great exposure. They, they know how to, uh, to sell. And it took me about two years to convince them that I'm good enough <laughs> to, to teach there. And, but now we, we're on a roll. So I'm one of the, the instructors. We have a great set of, uh, of people from uh, Go to uh, Kubernetes and even uh, lately Rust. Um, and it's fun, it's fun working with them. It's always great um, to be uh, with other instructors and get feedback and get uh, uh, ideas of how to improve uh, your uh, uh, teaching. Uh, I love it. Well, it's great to hear. Um, we really like uh, Bill as well. He gave us a shout out for our podcast when it just came out. Uh, and also, you know, I think he wrote some Go at some point, but whatever. <laughs> a few lines here. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it's definitely worth pointing out how much impact um, instructors in general and, you know, uh, Miki specifically probably had on tons of uh, developers, both in Python and in Go. Um, and, you know, using these platforms to amplify that is definitely a good thing. I, I know that we're coming up on time here, so I wanted to give Miki, I want to give you a chance to to share anything that you think is uh, is relevant that we should have asked you about? Uh, no, just uh, enjoy coding. It's fun. Uh, always always be learning. That's I think that's my best uh, thing. You know, just, not just for me, but from everyone. Uh, it, it's, uh, in, in our job, it's always important to know and learn. And I love it. I love uh, learning about new concepts, new tools, new languages. That's always fun. Well, thanks a lot, Miki. Um, if you're not going to plug it, then I'm going to plug it. Uh, Miki is uh, leading the Go community in Israel. Make sure you join the meetup group on meetup.com. Make sure you show up to uh, GoForCon Israel, uh, grab some tickets, and give Miki a, a high five um, or an elbow five. I don't know, with, uh, with COVID. Um, everybody's uh, got their own uh, standard. And thanks a lot, Miki, for uh, joining us. Thank you very much. One last question, Mickey. Uh, if people are interested, how can they reach out to you? Are you on social media or, or what's the best way? Uh, I'm uh, at Tebeka at most of the places. And my name is pretty unique. So if you Google Mickey, M-I-K-I, Tebeka, T-E-B-E-K-A, you, you will probably find me uh, somewhere along the line. If not, uh, info at GopherCon or Gael or just the Go Meetup, uh, Go Israel Meetup, you'll, you will find Super. me there. And all these links will be available to our listeners in the show notes as well. Great. Thank you, Mickey, awesome. so much. Oh, thank you very much for having me and good luck with the next of the Thank show. Thank you.
Thanks, Mickey. Day. Cheers. Bye. All right. So now that Mickey's uh, off the call, uh, we can continue praising him. Such a great guy. Thanks <laughs> a lot again, Mickey, for uh, joining us. Uh, just to share how how fun it is working with Mickey, uh, being a speaker in the con, usually you have to give a dry run. And he sent to Nir, my, my co-presenter, and I uh, um, an email saying, hey, we need you all to do a dry run. And we just answered, we think our talk is good enough. We already gave it. And he was like, your talk is great. No problem. See you in the conference. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he'll definitely help you uh, ship your thing, whatever it is. Uh, and we definitely recommend reaching out to him. And as we're nearing the end of the episode, uh, we, other than thanking Miki, we really, really want to thank uh, the community and all the listeners. Uh, thank you for sticking around, reaching out uh, on our various uh, communication channels. It's been really great interfacing with the community. At least for me, it's been really invigorating. Um, mm -hmm, and agree. thanks a lot, everyone. And Jonathan, where can people reach us? Yeah, so, I mean, of course, you can send us email at news at cupago.dev. If you have some news that we should include in the show or you just want to say thanks or you want to swear at us, whatever it is, we want to hear from you. We like feedback. Uh, we also have a new Slack channel uh, on the Gopher Slack. If you're not already on the Gopher Slack, you should join it. And then we're at cup o go uh, on the channel so join us there drop us a note um, and of course uh, if you've enjoyed this don't forget to leave a rating and review on itunes or wherever you listen to this uh, the feedback is really why we're doing this it's not to get rich from our sponsors or to meet beyonce despite uh, rumors that may have been going around uh, <laughs> allegedly allegedly <laughs> Yeah, so th thanks a lot. I mean, I, I just want to reiterate that it's it's been a great feeling. I, I've had more positive feedback from last week's first episode than I possibly could have imagined. We've had over 600 downloads. We've had requests for the, the Slack channel that we just opened. Um, we got a, a great mention in the Golang Weekly Newsletter. Uh, so thanks to everybody who's listened and has helped make this show better by responding and, and giving your feedback. And uh, I guess we'll catch you next week. My cup of coffee is just done. Yeah, my, my gopher is sad and cold, so I'm going to have to go get a refill too. All right, so let's go grab a refill, and we'll talk to you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.